right. Show in private because this is going to go out, I think, about a day from now. So work with me, everybody. I'm welcoming you. You're not exactly live, but I'm broadcasting live to YouTube to do this special edition of the podcast today. Uh, so welcome to the Baked and Awake channel. Uh, I'm excited to be joined by a guest today who I'm going to bring on to camera here in just a moment. Um, a local colleague and friend of mine, Josh Kincaid, who is a uh, just a staple in the local cannabis business community here in our legal market here in Washington State. Um, he's a general business analyst, but focuses strongly on our, our legal market space and uh, the futures for legal cannabis markets uh, moving forward in North America and the world. Um, I've benefited from his analysis on topics in the past here on the show that pertain to all of us. Uh, and as you can tell, hopefully, if you've clicked on this video from the thumbnail and with the description for it, you know, we're going to talk today about the very interesting um, recent events in terms of the Wall Street Bets subreddit, the GameStop, uh, Game, <laughs> GameStop, GameStop uh, headlines that you've all been seeing all over the internet in recent days. Uh, Josh has great uh, personal insight to bring to this, and uh, I've already had him on the line for quite a while. We've been chatting it up, uh, getting ready to have our online, you know, our stream here together. So uh, a lot of great conversation has already taken place. And um, we're hoping to now, you know, capture that and bring it to you guys in a uh, interesting format. So hopefully a few of you who haven't been paying as close of attention to this will find this um, interesting and fun. I'm going to bring Josh on now and welcome him to the show. Um, Josh, how are you, bud? Have you got, you still hearing me just fine? You didn't go far, so we're still good. Still here, yeah. Audio and video, brilliant. All right, StreamYard works really well, so no no complaints there from, from this little um, tool. Uh, welcome. Thank you for spending this time with me this afternoon. You know, we're both on our uh, Saturday afternoon, so I'm sure you've got plenty of other things you could be doing uh, today as well. So, but thanks for hanging out with me for a while. Yeah, thanks for having all of us. So, um, let me just bring up my little uh, welcome card for you, for everybody, so they can see your channel and get that up. Where are you? Now everything went away. Boom. There we go. So, uh, just to read that for everybody, Josh is a capital markets analyst. I characterized him as a financial advisor, and that's probably not, you know, nearly colorful enough or uh, fair to what you spend most of your time on and, and your headspace in. Um, but your company is Superchronics, um, and uh, you are currently based at the Global Trade Logistics uh, Center down at the World Trade Center, that is, in uh, Tacoma, beautiful building that we've both been to um, uh, for a couple of uh, events, in, industry events here in Washington State. So, um, Thanks again. Glad to have you. Um, we're talking about GameStop. We've been talking about GameStop with our friends and family for the last couple of weeks. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been texting with my brother, uh, former, you know, uh, 
mortgage guy uh, back in the uh, countrywide days, uh, you know, who's been out of that industry for a while now, but who, uh, of course, uh, still pays close attention to the uh, investment markets in, in uh, the country. He actually lives in Japan, my brother. Uh, and uh, and uh, but he's, you know, tracking on all of this. I mean, the first mention I sent him of Wall Street bets, he was like, I'm all over it, bro. <laughs> you know, he was, he was all over it. Um, and when I got on the phone with him, Josh, I, I didn't have to talk for two hours. He just he just chewed my ear off about this, um, which further cemented my, you know, my uh, motivation to go ahead and have a chat you know, uh, and bring in somebody like you and just talk about it. Because for for one thing, while I don't ever fancy myself a uh, savvy investor, I'm not a, you know, particularly financially successful guy. Um, you know, we get by in life and we have our little savings and our little retirements, but I've not been super diverse. I've not been super proactive. And I certain, certainly haven't spent a lot of energy in, um, you know, blue chip stocks or stock market type investment as a big part of, you know, my personal plan for the future, um, you know, my whole adult life, you know, and it's probably much to my detriment, right? Um, I'm, I've got to say in the last few weeks, I hope I'm not alone in this either. And I don't think I am at all. I felt a renewed interest in participating in that type of proactive investing and uh, planning for my future partially because of the excitement that I felt when I first discovered the Wall Street Bets subreddit itself. Um, I became aware of the subreddit personally, and I was telling you this, almost simultaneously was seeing the first news stories pushing out of the subreddit, like cross posts from other, you know, communities or a headline on one of my nerdier news sites that I'll follow slash dot or something like that. Um, I already spend a lot of time on Reddit anyway. Uh, it's, you know, one of my last bastions of like a, uh, I don't know if Reddit qualifies as a social media site as much as it's like a little bit more of a last generation internet forum type model. Um, is the way I think of it as, I don't think of it as much as a, a, a social site as a Facebook uh, might be, for instance. But um, I visited the subreddit almost as quickly as I read any stories about the subreddit. So I instantly picked up on a couple of things, Josh, like you'll think and feel one thing about Wall Street Bets if you discover Wall Street Bets in the subreddit and read some posts from people in there. Mm -hmm. um, you'll think another thing entirely about what's going on, who constitutes the members of that community, uh, you know, everything else about it, uh, if you are reading the Wall Street Journal or a Bloomberg piece or a HuffPost piece on this. Um, we've heard narratives and characterizations of the members of the Wall Street Bets community that um, ranged from, you know, white supremacist, sexist, um, ableist, you know, very not politically correct, very potentially cancel worthy, deplatform worthy type of, um, you know, uh, unmentionable type people is how these uh, people were initially characterized. It was like the first thing out of the gate was this. 
um, you know, they there were words and labels that were bandied about by a few members of the subreddit with one another in a what again if you were a person to actually go to the subreddit and spend a little time in there it was fairly dripping with irony this was an ironic attitude and adoption of some colorful and fairly uh, insensitive seeming labels that were being self-ascribed, you know, to the, by these people to themselves and to one another in solidarity of the seeming silliness of their moves, of the bets that were being placed in Wall Street bets. And those bets, of course, are for those of you following at home who, you know, may not be fully aware of this, the Wall Street Bets community has been around for a couple few years. It was a fairly healthy subreddit of a few hundred thousand members up until just a few months ago. Five months ago or so, that subreddit started to coalesce together for the first time, perhaps in a, in a more meaningful way, having identified a few key stocks that they liked, as they said, they liked the stock. Why would they like certain stocks? Josh, you would perhaps agree with me. Almost every stock that's been talked about in the news over the past few days, the GMEs, the AMCs, the BBs, BlackBerry uh, Corporation, um, the Nokias, are all companies that are underdogs in the market right now, uh, both figuratively and very legitimately on paper. They've been looked at and judged and found wanting for some time now by the bigger players in the in the wall street uh world uh they have been as we've come to learn um leveraged or bought up by people taking positions that are known as shorts right short positions on a gamestop or an amc gamestop being the biggest victim of this um both from a standpoint, uh, perhaps, of its potential value, um, if it could be turned around, uh, but also of its the, the greed that was exhibited by the hedge funds, which took a stock that they could have shorted to the effect of 50% of their open available shares on the market, or even 70 or 80%, which would have been incredibly aggressive. Um, but as I understand it, each time the stock went down to new lows, these hedge funds went back and closed their old positions, bought all new ones and shorted them all over again, even harder to the point where the value of the short positions exceeded the value of the real existing stock of GameStop in the world, right? They were at over 100% of the proposed value of the company on paper anyway. Um, Am I understanding that at all correctly there? I've been doing a lot of talking so far. And really, I wanna, I, I'm, I'm mostly setting you up to start to be able to take the lead for us here. Um, as a lay person though, this is what I've seen so far sort of unfold. Um, we know that, um, you know, as we said, this started on Reddit largely. Um, I think there's a lot of people who have read about it since then and who still have never made it to Wall Street bets, 
but who might have downloaded a investment app in the last week that they didn't have before or two weeks that they didn't have before and maybe said, well i'm gonna i'm gonna get in on this fun just for the heck of it myself um you know so it, it it started in reddit but i don't i don't think it's contained to reddit anymore right um what do you think you know d- it, have I done any justice to the the situation leading up to this? I mean, guys, the the big point of this is that I just popped up a, a caption at the bottom of the screen here. Those members of that subreddit, which, by the way, as of this morning, is at like almost nine million members now. When I found it three weeks ago, they were under three million members. They were at like two point three. I watched it jump almost a million members in one week, and now you can't even count. It's it's another you know several million more people have joined this subreddit this subreddit was nearly kicked off of reddit it turns out it had they they stopped short of doing that they had a discord server that was briefly shut down discord then backtracked and opened it back up after a lot of outcry from people um i i feel like the um complaints of the um character assassination or like sort of um slandering that was going on of like the whole population that was going on early that settled down and gave way to a different attack which was more sustainable which is these are unsavvy retail investors who are Mm -hmm. all going to lose everything if we don't you know explain to them market explain to them why they shouldn't be doing what they're doing right you guys should just why don't you take some of that money and donate it to somebody who really hasn't had anything this whole time instead? Why don't you take that money and spend it at your local businesses and support them instead so they can stay in business instead of going? Right. So a lot of what I'm hearing. Um, so but the the stat at the bottom of the screen right now is at the crux of all this. These people in this subreddit identified what they saw to be egregious types of manipulation of a company, a, a, a surefire way to bankrupt a company, put thousands of people out of jobs and a, uh, you know, nostalgic brand that represented something to a lot of these people's youths, uh, you know, in a way prematurely perhaps than it would have otherwise uh, had to have ended. And uh, so GameStop became a rallying point for these investors in what some are characterizing as an organic and natural uh, grassroots type movement and others are not sure isn't just another brand of market manipulation. Not unlike what might happen from the more established side of this equation, the guys who are going to be in trouble when GameStop rallies to Three hundred and forty-seven dollars a share, up from as low as two dollars and eighty cents per share in April of last year. Um, yeah, people basically lost. Right, people did lose. These hedge funds did lose some money. Seventy billion. Seventy billion dollars. Does that matter to them, Josh? Is that really enough? No, because they were able to go out and get more billions right after that. So it. This this buy and hold uh, thing doesn't really matter because there's not enough money from these Reddit users in order to uh, hold off these short sellers. So when you have um, 140 percent short 
to GameStop or AMC, then all of a sudden you're going to have sophisticated investors kind of coming together and looking at opportunities to squeeze out a short seller because they're going to have to cover their positions, which then has a short squeeze and then drives the price up as the big. So what you're seeing is every month new options come out and they're buying these options. And so you're you're having this trail of of shorting and Reddit users were noticing that. you know, last year. And so I think in, in September is when they were really kind of piling in on that trade. So that's been taking months now. And then finally it was on CNBC, you know, and I, I was surprised they took an entire day to talk about it, but it was because it was so disruptive to their normal business. It wasn't business as usual. Uh, and I was loving it. It was great. And you had a lot of people throwing back at them to say, you know, this isn't, just some, they call them retards. This isn't just some unsophisticated people out there. These are people that really understand technical analysis. They have charts, there is technology, and these old crusty people in Wall Street don't understand that people are day trading. And yes, they might be the stymie checks and everything that they're criticizing, but they're killing it on crypto and other uh, investments. And yes, they are gambling, but you know, that's a whole nother fundamental reason. There's not a really anywhere else to go. So yeah, the people are broke and they're going to just gamble. It is a form of gambling. And so to reiterate your point, though, yeah. you agree as, as again, not in my case, you know, definitely not a financial advisor and nobody should take any of this conversation as, you know, financial advice of any kind. Right. Um, we're exploring a space right now, but um, I also saw thoughtful posts by people who might start out with some hilarity at the top of their posts to grab the members of the subreddit's attention. It's a busy subreddit. You got to craft a great post to have it, you know, be upvoted and stay competitive at the front of that subreddit and have people potentially think about what you said and then potentially go back and do their own due diligence and make a move of their own, their own informed decision from it. I saw lots of posts like that, that really helped felt like they were helping me ramp up my level of understanding of what was going on, the reasons why things uh, looked the way they looked optics wise and why that was in in part by design to an extent. Like, you know, that's a great way of obfuscating who you really are, how serious you really are, you know, bandy about the R word, call each other autistic, say ridiculous things that do make some people kind of turn away and go, you know what? I don't even need to hang out with those folks. I don't know what they're about, but whatever. But that may serve as a filter to some folks to let them get to, okay, you made it past that. Are you ready to learn what we're really doing here? You ready to learn how to eat the rich? You know what I mean? Let's, let's go. Right. Um, there's a couple different things happening at the same time, the way I see it. And maybe, you know, you can tell me if you agree or not, Josh, I feel like there's, um, there's never been a, a, a mutually exclusive type of dichotomy existing between Wall Street bets, speculators, retail investors who are part of that um, community or movement, as I've already begun to characterize it. And again, I say it's gone past the subreddit now. It's in the public zeitgeist now. All right. There's going to be somebody walking the streets in New York by this week wearing a Wall Street Bets emblazoned t-shirt 
that doesn't have a dime in the market and has never invested a dime <laughs> in the market and isn't yeah. going to be in a position to do so for 20 more years, even if they are, but they're going to have that t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's a done deal. Um, and so to my mind, um, I already saw this though. I saw people who were YOLOing their savings into an untenable position in GME near the top having read all the threads, knowing that they were going to get tanked, knowing they, that some action was going to be taken at some point to stop the upward movement. They didn't know what it was going to be. They were waiting for it, though. They were talking about it like, this is not going to be allowed to stand. What happens? We go up above $350, $347. I think for brief milliseconds, it was trading close to 400 there um, at the end before what happened. Robinhood, one of the biggest traders powering the retail investor uh, attack here, limits trading. Doesn't limit trading. I'm sorry. They shut down sales of those stocks or purchasing, purchasing of those stocks by the retail investor, effectively completely stopping all ability for the meme uh, magic squad in wall street bets to keep pushing things upward all of a sudden they went from being able to buy stock with their money a little money or a lot of money to not being able to buy they could sell but they couldn't buy webull another popular app investment app same deal etoro another popular investment app same deal um bigger brokerages bigger trading houses we come to understand in succeeding days didn't suffer from those same problems. And many people came to understand very quickly that what they learned about their Robin Hoods and about their uh, eToros, et cetera, is that they themselves are kind of just a little name brand front, a partner to somebody else who really has the deep pockets that gave them a fat credit limit of some kind to stand up their business and get started in the first place. But that credit limit was long since exceeded by the time people were increasing the market cap of GameStop to the tune of billions of dollars. Um, and hedge funds in particular, which are a form of what, Josh? The, you know, what, what? Okay, so here's a great question. Who are you if you're a hedge fund? You know, we've got companies on the stock market. You can invest in blue chip companies. You can invest in an Apple or a Tesla or an Amazon or whomever and own shares in that company. You can also, as an individual investor, um, participate in funds of different kinds, right? Um, and a hedge fund would presumably be something that can we also buy in? Can I buy Citadel? No. No, a hedge fund is an institutional investor and they have really risky strategies with really high fees. And so a non-accredited investor or somebody who makes less than 200000 with a million liquidity wouldn't be able to invest in such risky stuff because you don't know what you're doing. Uh, okay. You're you're too uh, uneducated and they make those decisions for you. <laughs> wow. All right. So we can't we can't play their game even if we wanted to from their position or perspective at all. Um, these guys shut down 
people's ability to buy the stock. It effectively killed the momentum of the GameStop stock. At the same time, they limited trading on several other stocks that hadn't gotten to GameStop proportions yet, but were showing every indication of going that direction, specifically AMC, BlackBerry, Nokia, a couple others that don't come to mind right now and that also were, you know, distant fourths and fifths in this list right now. Um, trading has since been opened back up, but in the interim, what sort of happened to the, you know, well, let's, let's take a quick step um, and, and let's try to explain why it was shut down from their point of view. Yep. And then we'll, we'll try to poke holes in that theory. Yep. So when you have an account, you can apply for margin. And so what margin is, is a line of credit for you to be able to double your purchasing power, invest 10,000, apply for margin. Now you can buy 20,000 worth of stock okay. that has to come from somewhere. So the broker dealer, or in this case, Robinhood is the one that's lending that out. And so when everyone piles in and they have margin and they're buying this stuff, there are, there's risk to that, right? So they have to kind of plan for that and they have to buy stock to be able to cover the margin. And for them, it became way too risky. Like their models were just flashing red warning signs and they were like, okay, cut it off. They can't buy any more of this. We're broke. Right. They went out and they got one or 1.5 billion in, in financing in order to shore up their capital. This is Robin hood specifically, everybody, correct. by the way, yeah. we're talking about the Robin hood uh, app and the brokerage behind it, which again was where most of the wall street bets folks were making their moves from it would seem. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so Robin Hood, the uh, Vlad, the CEO of Robin Hood, went on like CNBC <laughs> last week, famously kind of ended up looking really poorly. He didn't do that great of a job. And it seemed a little disingenuous um, in that he was more or less asked point blank in that interview by the interviewer. This sounds like a liquidity problem that you had. This sounds as though you had to uh, stop, you know, purchases of that stock for this reason, is that true? And uh, the CEO, of course, at that moment, hadn't raised that additional one point whatever billion. Mm -hmm. They undoubtedly were discussing it with whoever they were trying to get through that deal with, right? Um, and maybe that's why he couldn't be as truthful as he wanted to, because he didn't have the money in the bank yet. And he right. didn't want to talk out of school, like, let's be real here, everybody. He's trying to keep his company alive, period. Um, but, uh, that was an interesting moment for everybody in terms of the investors and understanding how um, beholden Robin Hood apparently was to, you know, a market that still didn't want the retail investor to do what they wanted fully freely. Right. That was kind of a historic moment at the same time, because to have individuals collectively coming together and crashing a hedge fund um was unprecedented it hadn't really happened before right and they were they were scared right and we don't have a real precedent for this nobody's wow. come together and engaged in financial activism anywhere near on this level no hedge funds have done it to each other so bill ackman right. got shorted right. out on a, on a famous play you know back in the day when some other people came in to um herbalife Mm -hmm. really famous uh, textbook case of, of being shorted out because 
Bill Ackman didn't believe in Herbalife, wanted to short it. And other people were like, it's fine. And then they squeezed him out and then the stock, the stock went skyrocketing. So you see that amongst hedge funds, but this has never happened when individuals were like, you know what, screw those guys, let's buy in and we'll squeeze out their 140% short float. And so in a sense, they were impersonating a hedgie. Yeah, 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 exactly. Collectively, like, if not formally, kind of embodying it. It was a facsimile of a hedge fund move. It was a move they would have done to each other. Yes. But so, they don't like that. You know, when the individual does it, they, they don't like why it. You, so, uh, why not? Why would you possibly go wrong? Seeing everything. And they talked about it for days. It was really fascinating watching them just squirm. They didn't know what to do. And then you had all these other people coming on like Chamath. Um, he's a, a Facebook and uh, Facebook uh, investor and mm-hmm. early Google employee he came on and just roasted Scott from CNBC. He was like, what about the kids? They're going to get they're going to lose their money. And Chamath is like, you don't care about them. Let's be real. You're just you're just upset because the system's been disrupted. I love it. it. Brilliant. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. We have gotten to see a few people squirm. Uh, in a few uh, different instances over the last few days, uh, Robinhood CEO didn't look comfortable or stoked at all on that CNBC interview. Uh, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, this, though, begs the question, you know, so we saw this manipulation happen, Josh. We saw this maybe organic, maybe not movement happening in mm-hmm. Reddit. And, you know, we then we characterize it as potentially grassroots activism in some way, at least I certainly am over here on this side of the table. I won't put words in your mouth. Um, Is this a situation where um, the hedge funds and the SEC and the uh, traditional Wall Street uh, minded uh, economists and analysts if they're expecting things to go back to normal, are they Dutch girls sticking their fingers in little cracks in the dam mm-hmm. in the dike? You know, um, is every GME that they put their finger in and stop that leak and AMC and, you know, when they got all their fingers everywhere, I mean, at a certain point, are they going to run out of fingers? And at a certain point, are there going to be enough retail investors when Wall Street Bets has gone to 20 million members? instead of nine or 8.7 million where it is today um will the scales tip a different way eventually are we already you know seeing the birth of a new economy or is gamestop going out of business anyway Hmm. is amc going out of business anyway and do the hedge funds already have the necessary head start the hundred year plus head start that they've got on the main street side of this coin um or is this going to change i don't think that they're going to survive long term um you know at least not in in the name so gamestop you can look at the fundamentals which nobody does everyone's just technical traders for like the last two decades. Right, and right. so fundamentally, people are not going into GameStop and buying things. Um, commercial prices are at all-time highs and they're paying all-time high for rent to be in those spaces. You compound all of that and it's just really bad for the bottom line, which is really bad for the stock price. 
AMC, they haven't been open for over a year, probably won't be open for another year, same issue. A lot of people are not going to go back into a theater and and be amongst people because they're scared. They're going to stay at home. You have a Disney Plus and all these other plus things that people are going to to purchase. I don't think you're going to see a Disney movie in a theater. They're going to go directly to their plus channel in a lot of cases. And so AMC is going to suffer as a result and their revenues are not going to be investable. Um, and so, yeah, I think ultimately they're going to struggle. Short sellers were right, but the morality of being able to short 140 percent, um, you know, I, I think derivatives are uh, a financial weapon of mass destruction. Um, I think they should be more heavily regulated. They aren't. I think if you look at Deutsche Bank specifically, they are a, a bunch of atomic bombs put together mm-hmm. uh, based on greed and speculation and um, lack of financial um, uh, scrutiny, really. It's, so it's it's uh, it's pretty scary out there when you dive into derivatives and and uh, stock options and what it can do. This is just a very simple case, and um, I don't think they should have been able to go out and grab one hundred forty percent. But that's not illegal to do, right? So we can agree that you know we feel like the ethics of shorting a company way beyond their actual value and and like aggressively cratering them into the ground um, is probably something that's you know, um, ripe for opportunity for reform, uh, kind of an objectionable uh, economic tactic. Uh, however, is it ridiculous to imagine, and, and maybe you can tell me if there's just any historical precedent for this anyway, whenever a company has been pumped by market forces, by advocates, analysts, pundits, rumor, you know, chicanery, um, but they have been pumped for whatever reason, and their stock balloons by 30%, 40%, 100%. They've got billions of valuation, and and it wasn't at the GameStop level, so it was allowed to go for longer. Don't If you're the CEO of that company, and your stock was worth squidly this time last year, and you were looking at the chop and your golden parachute, you know, um, where you were going to go next, but something changed. Whether you know what changed or not, whether you meant it to change or not, sentiments behind you guys. Um, maybe your biggest competitor went under from some unexpected, you know, uh, happenstance. Well, even right now, GameStop's worth more than it was a year ago by a lot. If I'm the CEO of GameStop, now I know they announced they hired somebody from Amazon. It's in the past few days. To, to an executive position of some kind. Okay. I'm saying to you, though, Josh, is it unrealistic to imagine that GameStop would say, hey, you guys, guess what? We are absolutely blown away by the support that's come from the public. We have new wind under our wings than we've had in years. Yeah. Here's our new business model that we were afraid to try this whole time. But with your help, we can do it. Here's our GameStop branded Steam fucking streaming game console. Right. Here's our new, you know, this, that, and the other. We are reinventing ourselves. We're going to go employee-owned, stockholder, you know, accountable, transparent, and we're going we're gonna to be worth it, you guys. We're going to stay. You've given us th- this energy. You gave us an extra year. We're going to do everything we can with that year. 
hold the stock. Like, where's that announcement from those guys? What's stopping them from doing that? Lawyers. You can be really? sued. Yeah. So you'll you actually find a lot of CEOs telling people like publicly tweeting like this stock price is, is overpriced. Mm -hmm. It's too high. Mm -hmm. It needs to come down. Um, so they'll do their own due diligence in that way. Um, but I would agree with you that there are opportunities if they were to be able to have a turnaround strategy rather than becoming the next blockbuster. Um, everyone thought Netflix was doomed when they were, you know, still mailing out DVDs and, and going in the, um, in debt for, for some of us were subscribed back then though, too. I bet you got a few DVDs yeah, at your yeah, house. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you know, I still have like two. <laughs> I still have my blockbuster card too. That's great. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I still have like two Netflix DVDs in the fucking pouch. It's great. Um, but uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, that's just, it just, uh, to me, I'm looking for a response from these companies. You know, companies are always being, um, you know, they're great, um, popular sort of consciousness punching bags. We can always, you know, take a shot at a company. Oh, screw Nike. They build their, you know, shoes and sweatshops with child labor. Oh, you know, your iPhone was built with slave labor, da, da, da. I mean, it's so easy to just knock on companies. Um, I would think companies would look for every opportunity to show their human side and the fact that they can be affected, um, you know, by things that are happening around them and indeed to them, you know, collectively and, and respond back, you know, um, Wendy's, for example, famously has an amazingly hilarious Twitter account, you know, that, that has practically, I would argue that it, their Twitter account has maybe saved that company from total irrelevance in, in large parts of the country anyway um and keeps people visiting them a it little brought bit attention to to youth millennials and, and younger people who saw there it as know. hip definitely there you go right right i mean because and wendy's of all of our current fast food pantheon your mickey d's and your burger kings and everybody else who's hunting for that burger dollar wendy's they kind of are, they're kind of off the back these guys still have baked potatoes on their menu you yeah. know what I mean? If you look right. at Jack in the Box, they they kind of led that whole example they of did. They through did. salmonella. They did. they did a great job with their marketing after the salmonella fucking. And then Wendy's had salmonella. Yeah. And they had to be hip after that. And so yeah, I think um with the Jack in the Box thing of the four dollar and twenty cent box they had in California to um promote the legalization down there or whatever, that was a great promotion. Uh, but yeah, anyways, I digress. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> so uh, we got a couple places to go from here on this. Um, you know, I, I want to point out that, uh, and this is something we talked about super briefly before going on, mm. um, but I'll ask you this in the form of a question now. You know, we're both old enough to have remembered the original Occupy movement in 2011, mm. 2012. Um, we're also both old enough to have been around. And uh, as a matter of fact, we bought our home at the um, in October of 2008. So we bought our home that we still live in today, right now at the end of the very famous, um, some would say never fully recovered from financial crisis of 2007, 2008, right? Mm. Um, but, uh, and we'll go back to there in a moment, but I'm asking you, do you, 
pick up on any of the same vibes I picked up with Wall Street Bets that sort of reminded you of Occupy, the original Occupy, the, the Occupy movement that everybody says had no clear defined goals, no real demands from society. And that's why even though an extended protest that lasted for months in downtown Manhattan and was echoed in other cities all around the country, also for weeks initially, certainly here in Seattle as well, until those all those demonstrations were quashed a lot sooner than, than New York. I think New York went on for almost six months before it was over. Um, and they did this over a winter too. They, they started in September down mm -hmm. on Wall Street in, in that uh, park, right? Um, let me see if I've got, let's uh, screen two. Let's go Occupy Movement. So what was the name of the park? I'm bringing up on screen really quickly here. The Occupy Movement started. Zuccotti. Zuccotti Park, September 17th, 2011. By the end of 2011, they had cleared most of the major camps. The last remaining high profile sites in Washington, DC and London were evicted by February of 2012. Um, still pretty gosh darn long period of demonstrating, protesting, mm -hmm. disrupting, right? And no matter how it's been criticized over the years, I'm sure at this point, history will remember that the sentiment behind Occupy was income inequality, uh, nonstop wealth transfer from the middle class to the upper class of the United States, the, um, the, the stated demand from Occupy as of October of 2011, we come to find out Josh was a very uh, aptly or rather ironically named um, demand. Let's go to goals here and we can see at section 66, they talk about by late October, Adbusters have been trying to rally it around a single clear demand for a Robin Hood tax with a global march in support of the Robin Hood tax planned for 29 October. Robin Hood tax being a tax on the richest Americans and the richest corporations and the richest investment houses in our economy, the biggest players in our economy, which historically have found ways, it would seem, from, you know, a person in my position in life to a lot of times really engineer their whole businesses around paying as little tax as possible. In some cases, paying none. In more recent years, we've all heard stories about like Amazon not paying any income tax, federal income tax, right? In, in our country whatsoever, right? Boeing in addition left, to Boeing getting millions left dollars, Washington State right? to, to not pay taxes in Illinois. There you go. To, to, to threaten to leave us? Well, their headquarters went from Seattle to Chicago so that they didn't have to pay taxes in Washington state. Exactly. So they, they moved their headquarters out of our state to stop paying our their own home state any kind of income tax whatsoever. Amazon. Well, yeah. And they also don't pay any of the federal government either. So, all right. So, um, 
fair to draw a, a line of inspiration from this movement back to Occupy? Is this a, is, is it an unwitting um, grandchild of it, do you think? No, I think it's there's a direct tie back to it. Um, you know, they wanted to tighten the banking industry regulations, the high frequency trading, um, which is basically algorithmic trading to take pennies. You know, maybe you don't care that a penny was taken or added to your, your cost, but you add that to everyone who's buying all day long. And that's really what it is. That penny was um, millions. Yeah, yeah, they make millions and millions of dollars doing that every, you know, every year. So that's that's their whole business plan. Um, so I, I think you can look. There's a famous, uh, or not famous, a, a viral letter that's going around where uh, this this guy said, "Dad, this is for you. I'm going to, um, you know, crash this this hedge fund because you lost your job. You you know, you became an alcoholic. You, you you've never been the same. You're a a, a broken man." And, you know, I'm going to do this for you and I don't oh, care wow. what I lose. So whether or not that's authentic or legitimate, I think there are people who feel that way. Um, but I don't think that they're all alone. There are hedge funds actually making um, billions of dollars off of that trade with GME and uh, AMC. So it's so the bad guys in the bad guys in 2011, 2012, kind of the same same cast of characters mm -hmm. in 2021 right now um i i kind of feel like that's fairly evident um i i hope to hear other people talking a little bit more about that in the months to come uh personally you know mm -hmm. um something that i obviously got interested in uh at the exact same moment that i was getting excited about Wall Street bets, um, and and everybody, you know, for those of you who are watching this, um, you know, full disclosure again, this isn't financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Josh is a uh, great subject matter expert, but he's not serving as a financial advisor in this conversation. To I'm not even real. I'm a hologram. Or any of you guys, right? We're we're just we're talking about a amazing uh, news story, a, a social movement it's a it's so much more than whatever it appears to be on the surface as far as i'm concerned um but so full disclosure you know i got involved to the tune of you know under a couple of hundred dollars in gme and amc you know but i got a few shares of each um after the top on gme so it had already peaked was squoze was choked off and I bought it like the following Monday anyway, because I like whatever you know, I'm getting. I'm getting a little bit of this. I'm going to get my participation trophy and we're going to do it. You know, mm -hmm. and a few days before that, I had gotten some AMC, the next most talked about company um, and a much more affordable stock still than the GME. So just another one that, you know, it's the it's the only line of red in my little digital portfolio of everything else I've bought in the last couple of weeks. Uh and, uh, you know, again, everything, very small positions, literally just to learn and to see what this is all about. Right. Um, what I also did, though, was, of course, Josh, I started looking at crypto. Right. I'm like, oh, right. There's that Bitcoin still here. They never killed that. And it's worth thirty seven thousand dollars per 41. Bitcoin. Forty one this morning. <laughs> What is? Like, what even is that? 
everyone's using it as a store of value, which is pretty wild. If when Mass Mutual, an insurance company who's conservative by nature, is allowed to do that by their board of directors, is crazy to me because wow. they don't like the U.S. Treasuries. It's not stable anymore when you're printing trillions and trillions during the quantitative easing. So where else are you going to put it? You know, they don't really want to carry around gold bullion. So they, I guess they're just kind of throwing it into uh, Bitcoin. So I find it amazing that it's become a store of value. But it's also because uh, as the U.S. dollar is being purchased, uh, uh, printed rather, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our, our purchasing power is, is decreasing. You know, so uh, it makes sense to me that people are looking at, you know, speculation, but also other forms of, you know, non-government uh, fiat currency that they can, you know, get behind and believe in. So there's some altruism behind that. But then so there's crypto some also- is still another fiat currency as far as right. not just as far as you're concerned, you would say anybody else presented with that statement who's uh, in the know would have to agree with that. Is that? Yeah, it's not backed by anything. We, right. That's what I thought. I mean, when it's backed by the full faith and credit of the issuer, that's crypto. I mean, that's sorry. That's that's a um, fiat currency. All right, everybody. So, so like, it's not backed by actual gold, so it's not money. It's currency. So we've got a fiat currency in the U.S. currency as well these days. All right. Um, our, our U.S. dollars are backed by the government's assur- assertions and assurances that that dollar is worth a dollar. It's a right? confidence game. So as long as you have um, confidence that there's full faith and credit, but the faith is waning and credit is debt, so that con game is up. Okay, and so and so, let me ask you this because this is something that's all over the news of the last uh, few months, the last year or so. I know you've heard it. Tell me, is it true? Have we printed that much money in the last year? They're talking about. I'm hearing people say things like forty percent of all the U.S. currency in circulation right now was printed in the last twelve months. I think it's 20%. I think one out of every $5 was printed in the last okay. year alone. So in the first that 200 still sounds years, like a lot. it's crazy. It's a crazy, crazy amount. And that's why there's everyone's fleeing out of the U.S. dollar. Not only that, but it was, it doesn't have its, its uh, weight. The weight that held the U.S. dollar together was uh, out in Saudi Arabia, the petrodollar. When mm-hmm. you buy oil for... Uh, with us dollars that was the required currency to have and now you can buy it with whatever so now you don't really have so the fabled petrodollars day is already done yes obama really it's over five years ago yeah yeah and so now the dollar isn't really going to be the world's reserve currency it's just a matter of time for it to move and in fact it's already outlived its lifespan of on average fiat currencies since 600 a.d when china first implemented they've all failed at some point Mm -hmm. u.s dollars the longest one this is the Mm -hmm. longest bull market in history the long you know so yeah i mean just because we're in this bubble doesn't mean it's gonna pop it's not gonna pop it'll probably shift to china being the world currency but i don't know if or the world's power reserve but the currency might be a uh, standard, um, uh, an SDR, a basket of currency. So a special drawing right is what that's called. And it could be a collective global basket of fiat, maybe a portion of it's backed by currency, don't know. But that's why people are jumping into crypto because they don't trust fiat any longer. Wow. So 
we've seen the Wall Street right now continues to go up while we're talking about all of this and acting like GameStop is the, you know, linchpin on which the entire American economy is uh, rotating. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot more going on out there. Um, but when the dollar seems to be in a like downward trend that isn't likely to reverse for any reason that I can think of, or that you've mentioned already, you know, you didn't instantly say, well, except for the fact that the dollar is going to always be here because of this, um, there isn't a because of this. Uh, the dollar looks bad. Crypto looks better all the time, right? And uh, so is 2021 going to be a year where people see incremental evolution in that side? Or you think we're going to see a lot more action in terms of expansion or adoption of not just Bitcoin, but like its nearest closest uh competitors analogs like the ethereums and things don't don't some nations like china you just mentioned china doesn't china have their own crypto that they just debuted and started implementing over there in their they country? did yeah they launched like um a, a, they, they launched a small amount of crypto and then they're going to implement it uh, nationwide there's a couple other countries that have implemented digital currency. The U.S. is drooling over that idea mm -hmm. because then you can have negative interest rates. You can charge people for their savings because um, there's nowhere to go. They can't raise rates any longer. They have to go negative. But you, you, you have a bank run. Washington Mutual is a, yeah. a famous case of that bank run within a weekend, $3 billion dollars. Yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah, they were like they more or less went out of business, right? In, in a weekend, this case now. Yeah, self fulfilling prophecy when people are afraid that there's going to be a, a a shortage and you run out and create a shortage. It was pretty unfortunate, um, but yeah. So you know, with other countries creating a digital currency, that's an option. Unless the only way to save it is to have it backed by gold, at, you know, either hundred percent or some point. But it's Outside of that, you can't just keep printing. They'll probably print $7 trillion this year. That's my guess. Um, the Biden administration's already got a $1.7 or $1.9 trillion package. They're ready to, to launch right now. And that'll just be the first wave of three or four of those similar packages. They have and to they're going to print more money for that, of course. The velocity of money will take over the lack of the petrodollar effect. When everyone was using those dollars, otherwise inflation will come back home if no one uses those dollars. They have to use them up somehow. Otherwise, inflation will be just like Russia when they were taking wheelbarrows of money in the 80s to buy toilet paper. You're seeing it right now. Beef jerky isn't expensive for any other reason other than inflation. Using Having to have more money for the same goods and services like a house, your house isn't appreciating because it's worth more for any other reason than they're printing off money and it's devaluing your dollar, costing more dollars to buy the same house. To do the same thing. That's why people are going to Bitcoin and crypto. So I guess that may have to be, and that would be a great thing to come back and circle back around on is, you know, a conversation for another day would be to what extent does crypto truly um, hold a better value proposition for the future than 
what we've got now. You know what I mean? And, uh, and as tempting as it is to like drag you into another 20 minute, um, chat about that very thing, I'll, I'll say that'd be a great, you know, place to invite you back for Josh. Um, yeah, a lot more coins are going to be taken off in the near future. So it'll be interesting. A lot more coins. Yeah. Different, oh, different as far coins, as Dodge coin, uh, right? sure. There we go. So we've got Dogecoin about to oh, take off from obscurity to it's already. I mean, I've I've been looking into how to play with that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But again, entirely symbolically. But that's where I that, that's the reason why I dragged you on, Josh, and because I know you think, you know, it, we haven't tapped your waters at all today. I've seen <laughs> flashes from you. We have. I've got a bubbler so so many we, times. That's great. No, we don't have to sign off this second. I just no, don't. So we, want we've to, tapped uh, the waters. I got a bubbler in here. So there we go. Tapped. Brilliant. Um, you know, uh, you. I know you have an appreciation for some of the things that um, you know the 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 stranger places one could go with this. Uh, I've I've mentioned it ostensibly it's a natural organic grassroots movement on wall street bets but a cynic or a skeptic or a or a, a theorist might also say do you really think guys these hedge fund boys haven't been hiring think tanks and uh consultancies for years to make reports for them, interesting reports called white papers about all sorts of different yeah. subjects and topics, including what's going on with the kids on the internet these days. Um, do we really think these guys, these guys couldn't have foresaw any of this coming and maybe weren't ready all along, including with being willing to get cut one time you know, real bad, and everybody on that side of the table sort of knew it. Hey, it's only a matter of time before one of us comes up on the wrong side of some of some real weird retail investing move that we didn't see coming. But it's all right. We'll weather that storm together. And when we do, we go to phase one of the new model because some stuff's going to happen that's fallout from this, right? We've got the SEC promising to look into it. Um, we've got companies like Robinhood with a little egg on their face, but who are going to come out bloodied and battered and stronger than ever. Um, like, let's face it, they're not done at all. Um, you know, no matter how many bad reviews were put up in the Google review store by uh, disgruntled Robinhood investors, right, in recent days. And deleted um, by Google. Right, right. Deleted by Google, deleted by Apple. Like amazing collusion from, you know, mm -hmm. these baddies, these guys who are like both our candy man and our disciplinarian. Right. You know, uh, they can take they can kick you off of Facebook. They can, you know, uh, not post your negative review about a company on the Yelp or the uh Apple store or the Google store in this case, you know, to be more specific, but we've seen in the past how corrupt Yelp has been uh, and which led to their, you know, large uh, sort of discarding by a large part of society, especially the, the savvier parts of society, like who's ever looked at a Yelp 
rating in recent years in any seriousness for any reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's sad what what happened there. Um, and you know, and that's a, that's a, again another great uh, conversation. Like a person could have a whole talk about what happened with Yelp. Like, what did it mean to the human psyche? Like, what what was it an illustration of? Because it was a demonstration of a lot of bad traits on a lot of sides of everybody participating in the Yelp culture. Um, including the company itself. So um, there's probably a documentary. Somebody's probably got a, already got a movie out about that shit, I'm sure, right? Um, but there, there's a twist I, to this I wonder thing. If it, I wonder if it wasn't foreseen anyway or, you know, accounted oh, yeah. for. I wonder how long can we do this? Can we play cat and mouse with these guys as, you know, um, individuals that are still tapping into a group consciousness in the metaverse in the internet you know um we know we're going to forge reforge those connections if they if they kill wall street bets people will start another subreddit right if they kick off all the investment subreddit somebody will create another platform you know and you know i do realize that at a certain point you're looking at the problem of having to build your own whole fucking internet just to get back out there into the world if they want to shut you down but Mm -hmm. i'm here to tell you josh i kind of think that we're in 2021 already bro how long is it going to be before somebody doesn't say you know what you i am building my own internet and i'm going to give it to everybody too and that and that somebody is going to be a lot of somebody's in a lot of different places at once anyway again like whack-a-mole again like the the fingers in the dike uh you know i feel like I, i I'm watching that group still grow. What is it? It was 8.6. It was 8.6 million today is uh, I'm just like literally going to just refresh the tab and see if, they are. <laughs> but it, you know, it's sort of plateaued a little bit there and understandably in wall street bets, you know, what you've got things that are lingering effects of the action of last week are, you know, that subreddit is now compromised. The uh, very people who you thought you were talking about secretly in your private club, five months ago when you were identifying GameStop long before I ever got there, long before I ever heard about any of this, but when, when the community there was, was building the first blocks of this plan and putting it into action and investing the first money and in, into that stock, um, they were by themselves largely, they were largely unknown at that moment, probably, or maybe not. I don't know. It certainly was allowed to go really far for something that was understood completely. You know what I mean? It looks it looks like damage was done. It looks like points were, you know, uh, hit points were taken from the boss, you know, uh, creature. Uh, but uh, I, I agree it wasn't nearly enough, right? And, and now you've got a subreddit that doesn't have the same mojo it had a week ago even though it's real big still right now that 8.7 million might just be the peak of that particular subreddit group maybe the the most uh iconoclastic and creative and interesting people that led some of the ideas and concepts that got this started in the first place have already moved on from that community and everybody who we're hearing from in there are you know, left behinds, just like us. Um, the magic may already be gone from there, but I feel like hopefully it's not. I think it's going to turn into a cult. Like you said, there's going to be people in New York with these shirts on and it's going to be a brand that represents Wall Diamond Street. hands. 
it's going to be the the brand new um you know occupy wall street like that's mm-hmm. what their brand is and so whether or not they were used as a tool is us beside the point i mean there's rumors that hedge funds came in and were whispering to wall street bets about this play and gave them the idea there's nothing new about um you know these most shorted stocks being the greatest short squeeze play but when you get you know retail investors in like wall street bets to amplify that it just makes that return that much more wouldn't that uh, be just the richest wouldn't that be just the richest irony of all yeah um, inception it was just one more example of standard hedge fund Mm -hmm. manipulation of the other hedge funds and getting over on the others Mm -hmm. and then blaming it on the retail it's kind of like when the kid punches somebody who took the hit melvin took the hit or citadel took the hit melvin had to get uh reinvested from citadel there we go so and and citadel though not melvin but citadel backed robin hood right yeah or was it melvin that backed robin hood i th- i think they both did and and, <laughs> and we both of them probably have had privy to all the same yeah. information right right yeah. and by that we mean not just like publicly available same information we all see but you mean like the fucking good data that robin hood was getting all day long from all their retail investors in exchange for their free and low. Yeah, front running is technically illegal. Front running is the act of getting in front of somebody's trades and trading in front of them and making that, you know, one cent per trade, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. That's not Mm -hmm. legal until like Robinhood sells it, their information. You and I, if we were on Robinhood trading, what happens is Robinhood will sell that to Citadel in advance and then Citadel trades in advance on that. That's how they make their money. So it's illegal for them to do it. That's called um, front running. That's a great yeah. new term I haven't heard before. I love it. Um, you know, we've all learned about shorts in the last week or so, right? Yeah. And, uh, we've learned uh, a little bit about um, options that, uh, you know, I didn't understand before as well. Um, and then, uh, so front running, insider trading, that's what it made me think about. Right. Yeah, so. Warren Buffett. That's how he makes all of his money. In 2008 and 2009, the government went to him and said, hey, here's a whole bunch of info that no one else can have. We need your money. Will you give us some investment? And he look, pours over all this data that no one else has access to. And he's like, sure, here's a billion. Here's a billion. Here's a billion. And no one else can have that access. So people are like, oh, Warren Buffett, he's a great investor. No, he's not. He just has access. He's He's got access that nobody else does. He, he's legal insider trading. I'm hoping that we're living in a time where we're all about to have with the computers we already own, Josh, like the systems and tools and a a robust, unsquashable public consciousness that rivals this, you know, private sandbox ivory tower um you know pay millions of dollars to a consultancy to make a white paper on how to manipulate people on the internet which could be and that's a lot that's a really big leap of speculation that you know i'm sort of 
very poorly stringing together there and 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 being very conscious of stopping very short of going any further with it than that because i really don't need to um to me this is you know this is the time for folks to keep going do it again you know be that goofy mean you can do it again yeah you know that. I, think, I think with a global shutdown you do have a lot of people who are looking at you know being forced to not earn an income and then having to stay those home. narratives on msnbc and everywhere are true yeah people are home yeah they're looking at the internet more than they should and they're getting crazy ideas about stocks but <laughs> like that though isn't a bad thing right you know though when they when they when they brought it up at all the morning shows in the world it was really characterized as an unhealthy you know right but what i'm saying though is, is being forced to stay at home and being forced to not work is is pissing people off and then seeing how wall street is being given this privilege that no one else has that combination is going to be something that puts a crack in the system that i don't think you can duct tape there we go. so i think what That's we're seeing is a new new form, new revolution, new Occupy Wall Street that is going to manifest, whether quick or fast. It could be two years like last time, could be two months, I don't know. But I think we're going to see something change from the people, from the ground up grassroots movement. God, I hope so, dude. I really do. Um, I don't know, you know, where it goes from here next. Um, as far as that goes, um, I know for me, the investments that I've made so far uh, have been token investments, but ones that I'll hold till this is a boring subject, till we're talking about it, you know, um, a couple of years from now. And, and it's maybe done nothing since then. You know, I hope that 10 other things have come along since then that make me take token losing positions in them too. Mm -hmm. um, I really do. I really do. Uh, Cause it kind of started with Tom's shoes. Did it not with the whole social responsible investing? If you buy Tom's shoes, he'll give one for free and people like that. So they started investing. Now you have, you know, your, your, um, government, your government and, uh, environmental. Um, Is Tom still on the good side of everybody? I thought they also got, uh, I'm just using that as an example of something that went viral mm -hmm. back in the day because they were doing good. Um, I, I think that that's going to be even more important moving forward. There's going to be a lot more social responsible investing, um, social environmental governance, and um, I'll, I'll just a lot more people who want to do good because they're looking at all this greed and they're like, well, what's, what's right. the point? Right. I mean, I'm I'm looking for it. People have been, I think, yes, definitely trying to find ways to have their cake and eat it too in so far as we still want our iPhones and our and our nice clothes and we still want to uh you know live a semblance of the lifestyle we've come to live but it does get to be a bummer when once you're conscious enough of a certain number of those kind of things that we've already alluded to earlier in our discussion just the downside of the fun gadgets and clothes and things that we all kind of love and rely on and like to, you know, still find excuses to spend our dollars on. Uh, every chance we get to feel a little better about, oh, this is 100% hemp. It came from a fucking, you know, 
farm up in eastern Washington from the test program or whatever, and you can say it's hyperlocal, whatever this, da da da. Everybody, you know, any way we can feel a little better about one thing that we're doing is a nice feeling. Um, and companies have been rewarded richly for very token amounts of that in their corporate DNA. You know what I mean? Uh, already. Uh, but the more they make it real and the more they weave it into their actual mission, not just the pretty mission statement that goes up on their website, but what they, what their legacy is out in the world, how they treat their employees. Um, you know, that's why I said, I, I wish the, I wish these game stops, these AMCs would call a press conference, say, thank you, everybody. We're going back to the drawing board. We'll get back to you in a month. But you we're can't incite collusion. That's, that's also illegal to incite collusion. I, I wonder, <laughs> though, you know, it feels like everybody else finds ways to get their message. You can go on CNBC and advertise. That's totally legal, you know. But then when you go to the people and you try to aggregate the people and not the businesses, well, then that you can't do that. There's two different rules out there. Where's the GameStop social media account? They exist. They got to have yeah. some leeway to say something. I don't know. It's 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 it's, it's I know uh, you said the lawyers, right? The lawyers. <laughs> a lot of disclosures and disclaimers and legal stuff. It's really hard for them to to say anything without getting sued. Yeah. Well, I guess we're all gonna get sued sometime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think I threw down a hundred shares just to try and break Citadel Capital myself. You know, so I'm good job. Good job. I'm, I'm all for it. I think That's people wonderful. should try and take a look at what's going on with Wall Street bets. I think everyone should learn how the market works. I don't think people should just be day trading because I think that's crazy, but everyone should know how the market works because then it'll give you um, the the real idea of how the market, you know, this is but just you a know how the market how works by participating to some degree, right? You yeah, do think right, people right. should invest for themselves, right? And they should be empowered. God, right now, I don't know what you would invest in other than precious metals, like physical gold and silver. Uh, this is an investment advice, but I'm just saying like everything is so bloated right now. I don't know from housing to the stock market, what would you invest in with, you know, I, I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, I mean, that again would be it would be easy to sit here and, and uh, spitball about that because I mean, you know, and, and again, a great topic for another conversation. But some might say, well, we've seen mom and pops going by the wayside left, right and center in the last year. But what's Walmart mm -hmm. stock been doing? What's Amazon right. stock been doing? What's Costco's stock been doing? What's any analogs to those companies in other markets in the country? Uh, you know, to that been doing, I would wager that every single one of them is up significantly, at, at, even in the past year, and probably analysis of those companies would put every one of those that I just mentioned as, as, as the parlance is, right, a solid buy right now from most uh, advisors. Why wouldn't you invest in Costco right now? Why wouldn't you invest in Amazon right now? Uh, even with Jeff Bezos retiring, you know, in a sense, uh, when a, a person like him, supposedly, we all know, first off, retiring doesn't mean retiring. He's retiring from one role and going to keep significant influence on the company from 
four or five different hats that he'll still certainly wear and draw paychecks from. Um, but uh, when that guy moves out of the way and says, I'm not CEO anymore, he also frees up that company to do different stuff than they ever did before when that person was the CEO. They get to try new stuff and go different places. They've already announced video games being a focus. They've, you know, uh, Amazon hasn't hit the top as far as I'm concerned until the self-driving, you know, drone vans are rolling down the block and catapulting, you know, lobbing packages into my front yard. And they're coming, but they're not here yet, but they're coming, right? So Amazon's not at its top. Um, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, all right. Uh, I, I love you, bud. I, I want to let you get to the rest of your afternoon. Um, let me put one of your little tickers up here. Let me put a couple of them up if I can. So everybody has, let's do this one. We got two. Oh, they're both the same kind. So there we go. Let's remind everybody. This is Josh Kincaid. He's been my guest today on the podcast. Uh, Josh, thank you for each of our conversations, I, I always enjoy and look forward to joining you over on the Talking Hedge, which is Josh's podcast and YouTube show, uh, YouTube channel, excuse me. Um, but I do believe you can find the Talking Hedge in almost every podcatching app. Isn't that correct, Josh? You're certainly in Apple Podcasts and Google and, um, you know, your Spreakers and things like that, right? Um, I think I'm everywhere. If I'm not, and I'm, if I'm not somewhere, let me know, and I will. Do add you it. do you <laughs> like people to engage you on YouTube? Do you you know do you where's where's your favorite place for people to get? You want them to hit you and review you in the Apple Podcast Store and subscribe to the Apple Podcast first and foremost. Yeah, That's or Alexa. The of the page right here. There you go. If you got if you got your uh, government spy robot uh, <laughs> right. installed in the living room or bedroom, go ahead and ask it to play the talking hedge for you. Uh, not me. There we go. See, I, me either. I, I was in there for a while, Josh. We were talking about that. I was. I, I, I beta tested it. My wife works at, at Amazon. There we go. <clears throat> we pulled it and was like, get there that you thing up. You know too much. You know house. too much. There you <laughs> get go. out of here. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. That's cool. Well, that's a connection that we, <laughs> we had. Uh, that's great stuff. Uh, all right. Well, guys, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us today from the Talking Hedge, Josh Kincaid. Uh, why don't we, without putting a, a hard date on it, I hope you'll agree to come back and talk to me maybe one more time about this Wall Street Bets. We'll keep watching it together and see where things go in the next coming weeks. I mean, I think yeah. I think we've got the potential for some interesting developments to happen in this next week alone um, in the wake of the uh action this past they week. haven't even started the senate hearings yet it's gonna you know, be interesting right. right and we've got uh deep effing value supposedly potentially having to go to talk about it right mm -hmm. in front Absolutely. of the senate so craziness yeah. craziness people from the internet needing to be summoned to the capitol to talk to them about what's going on on Wall i hope they read all of their handles too all that's oh, gonna yeah. be great <laughs> it'll be great Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, Josh, let me see where my controls, how do I wrap it up here? I think I got a button over here. Um, everybody, uh, I'll be participating in the premiere of this. I don't know if Josh will be able to join me at the time, but hopefully I'll be talking to some of you guys in the live chat when this goes out. Um, right now it's planned to go out tomorrow afternoon on Sunday, right about 420. So maybe Josh, 
if you uh, have the time on Sunday afternoon and you want to get safe with us, you can join us in the in the live chat. This will go out on YouTube tomorrow afternoon. Um, Josh, thank you once again, everybody. You guys are great. I, uh, I love it when you join me for events like this. And uh, this was a great, super conversation. I learned a lot from you today, Josh. Um, and uh, I know I didn't even exercise your brain too hard. So we might have to go harder on uh, some topics next time and get into the nitty gritty on, on some of these matters. But uh, everybody, you know what to do between now and when I see you next, remember <laughs> to smoke indica and do shit anyway. That's right. Later. Josh. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.